0: When we looked back at our previous studies, we actually saw this really interesting correlation. It turns out whether you're thriving in your relationships, it's far more related to how we treat other people than how we ourselves are treated.
1: Welcome to the Charles Billingsley podcast. So glad you're with us today. I'm Brandon
2: Pickett along with Charles Billingsley. Hello. Hey, so today we have a really special guest. She was with us last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. She's one of our favorite. In fact, she has the distinction of being only one of three people we've ever brought back on, mm-hmm. partly because she has so much research and so many resources from which we just learn about relationships she's a relationship expert Did i'm sorry did you say whence whence <laughs> he from did whence, he actually from whence whence did it and, we it, learned?
3: and it went right over my head he did do that
1: well
2: that's a good word but whence from whence we came she is a relationship expert and she's amazing and and she's full of wisdom today we're going to talk about a book that she wrote called the 30 day kindness yeah Channel. you want to jump right into this yeah let's dive let's in i'm ready to roll ah, whoa.
0: I'm sure, like me, you've been praying for Ukrainian families displaced by war. But did you know that in addition to praying for refugees, you can also help meet their most urgent needs? World Help is a Christian humanitarian organization working to provide essentials like food, shelter, medical care, and more to Ukrainian refugees. World Help invites you to serve people in need. More information is available at worldhelp.net slash Ukrainian Hey, so Shanti, go. how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be back with you guys. You guys Thank are cracking you. me up over there. <laughs>
2: well, you know, we we get distracted, Shanti. I know it's not a typical male thing. Most males, you know, are probably hyper-focused and very secure. Um, us three Absolutely. were quite insecure and not focused at all. Man, you couldn't have said that any better. <laughs> so, Do you we might like conduct a little
0: baby. research study with the three no, of you. No, no, like we, that we, would we be fact, really <laughs> fun. <laughs> That's yeah.
2: the real reason we had you on, Shawnee. We want to be your research projects. Then people would say, "From whence? From <laughs> whence did this uh, research wow. come from?" Anyway, we are so glad you're with us. Now, last time you were with us, we talked about relationships between men and women. Yeah, and how their basic needs are different. Mm-hmm. And I love the research that you
1: had you shared with us, especially with the whiteboard and all that stuff yeah. that you had with yeah. the college campus.
2: Mm-hmm. So, if if you're listening and you you didn't hear that one, go back. Just go back to our library yep. and listen to the first episode we had with uh, Miss Shanti Feldhahn because it is really quite eye opening. Oh yeah, but we're gonna take it to another level today and talk about another book that you've written, yeah. called the Thirty Day Kindness Challenge. This is not just about being nice, is it? This is being intentional.
0: Yes. One of the things that we found when we went back and looked at a bunch of the research that we'd done over the years, because we've done 12 of these big nationally representative research studies now, right? And it takes you a
2: while, doesn't it?
0: And it takes a while. Like Each of them takes at least two to three years and a lot of money. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that when we're starting one, that there's actually going to be something that's beneficial to people. And in Mm -hmm. this case, it actually started because we kind of went back and looked at a bunch of our studies that had been done in years past. And, you know, our goal in our organization, our ministry is to kind of dig out the little things that make a big difference, right? Like. If you're just going to do this one little thing, it's going to have an outsized impact. But the whole point is to help us thrive, right, in our lives, and our relationships. And when we looked back at our previous studies, we actually saw this really interesting correlation. It turns out whether you're thriving in your relationships, it's far more related to how we treat other people. Than how we ourselves are treated.
1: Mm. Say that again, because I want to just make sure everybody gets that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's so counterintuitive, but whether we're thriving, it turns out it is far more related to how we are treating other people than how we ourselves are being treated.
2: And now, it's- when you say thriving, what exactly do you mean by thriving when we're thriving?
0: So, for example, thriving in your relationship, is your marriage getting more satisfactory or less? Like, are you happier in your marriage or are you less happy in your marriage? Mm-hmm. If you're in your parenting, do you feel like you are understanding and relating and connecting with your kids more or less? Those kinds of measures in your intimate life. Yes, we studied this one, too, <laughs> in, your, in your intimate life with your spouse. Are you connecting more frequently or less frequently? Like, believe it or not, all of those measures and many others, it turns out is actually more correlated to how we're treating others rather than Mm. whether we are, you know, someone's treating us well or we're being treated fairly at work or... We have a big, I know you guys probably don't because you're superhuman, but I have a desire to be treated fairly. And if I feel oh. like I'm being treated unfairly, I spend a lot of time and energy and effort trying to make things right. And it actually turns out that, yeah, there's not it's not like that's bad. There's justice and fairness and all that. And yet overall in our whole life... It turns out that actually treating others with kindness, it's all about being kind. And if Mm. you can learn really what it means to be kind, it turns out your life is the one that will actually most improve. It's remarkable. It's really, really statistically remarkable.
3: The barometer of fairness in your own perception is directly correlated to your kindness behavior towards others and not how they're
0: behaving towards you correct and the reason is because what happens and i'll give you an example cuz i'm i can hear the silence on the other end of the line where you're like what <laughs> I'll, I'll give mm-hmm. you an example mm-hmm. of this suppose that you have and I'm going to give a stereotypical example, but there's a reason for the stereotype. Suppose that your in-laws are people that you wrestle with. Like there's some challenging pieces of the relationship there. And, you know, maybe your mother-in-law or your father-in-law, but there's just a lot of difficulty. You don't feel like they're treating you well. And so there's defensiveness on your side and probably on theirs because of how you respond to them. Now imagine that you are going to go into a purposeful effort to be really kind to your difficult mother-in-law. And you don't respond when she gets critical. And you bring her the half of the muffins you just made just to say thank you. And you tell her, you are so good with our kids, thank you so much for watching them. So we could go on our date night or whatever it is, right? What we found is that that kind of purposeful effort, and I'd love to describe the initiative that we found actually works, because there's a really specific pattern that works. But what we found is, those things, it turns out they don't lower the other person's wall. They don't lower the defenses. They melt a hole through them. They touch the other person's heart, whether they really wanted to be or not. And so what ends up happening is suddenly, often, now this is not 100% of cases, but in two-thirds of cases, that difficult person, they soften. They've been touched, whether they wanted to be or not, and they start becoming more generous they start becoming more kind. And so it makes it easier for you to be kind. And then it makes it easier for them to be kind. And so pretty soon, you've got this paradoxical thing where all your efforts to try to be treated well, they just increase defensiveness and increase the walls around the relationship. But your efforts to be kind have this supernatural, miraculous power.
1: So if we dive into this 30-day challenge. Yeah. I'd love to hear more cuz you've hit the thesis of it. Yeah. So now if we dive in, I got 30 days. How do you spread it out over 30 days just be kind every day? It's 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 <laughs> harder than that.
2: And another question I would add to that would be why 30 days? Is there a uh Different. scientific reason behind that or is it just because you know, hey, it's a month long, let's try it for a month or is there like an actual scientific <laughs> reason behind that. Number. There
0: is. Yes. Ah. First of all, I'll explain what the 30-Day Kindness Challenge actually is. Okay. But let me encourage you guys with one thing that we have to realize first. And this is everybody listening. This is me, you, everybody listening. When we start talking about the power of kindness, I can guarantee that some of the people in your listening audience were like, oh, dang, I wish Jennifer was listening to this. <laughs> because we're kind, <laughs> right? Yeah. We value. Which kindness. goes back to
2: exactly what we were talking about a minute ago.
0: We are um. the the people who you know value that. And oh mm. man, I wish this other person was listening. Okay, here's the big picture problem, and that's what the thirty day kindness challenge is designed to address. We think we're kind, and we're deluded. We have no idea that every day, multiple times a day we are not the people of kindness we think we are. Hmm. And so our eyes have to be opened and we have to basically have a boot camp to go, whoa, holy cow. I had no idea I was sabotaging my relationships. I was being unkind. I was being negative. I was whatever. I had no idea. This has opened my eyes. Help. You know, what do I do to actually be that person who's kind and not sabotaging my relationships? And so that's what the 30-Day Kindness Challenge is designed to be. It's a boot camp. And so the first thing that you have to do before you start is you have to pick the person that you're going to do the 30-Day Kindness Challenge toward. And it's going to be one person. This is anyone that you want to improve your relationship with. This could be a spouse, like maybe you're in a challenging place with your spouse, or maybe you have a good relationship. You just want to make it better, right? Or it could be like I did this for our 16 year old daughter at the time. Great kid, but you know, 16. And sometimes my head wanted to <laughs> Adam, Adam is nodding like crazy. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Adam well, I have a 15 year old daughter. Yeah, there you go. And so, and that's, so you do it or you do it for a child, right? Or you do it for your mother-in-law or if you're the mother-in-law, you do it for your daughter-in-law or whatever. You could do it for somebody at work that you have to work with constantly and is a difficult yeah. relationship. And this is going to improve any relationship. So it's not just marriage, not just family. It can be any. So you pick that person. There is a temptation. Once you hear this, you're going to say, oh, my gosh, I need to do this for so and so and so and so and so. and So all that can come later. The first time you do it, do it for one person, because we found if you try to do it for more than one, it dilutes the aha moment effect of this. Mm. So just trust me on this. Do it for one. And so. Do you, are you okay if I explain what you do for the 30 days?
2: Yes, we well,
1: want that. Are you kidding? We're men. We want to have our checklist. Please. This is And this mm-hmm. is a
0: perfect guy initiative too, because it is a checklist kind of thing. Okay. So here's what you do. For 30 days, you do the same three things every day. Okay. Take notes. <laughs> the first thing you do, Adam is taking notes, perhaps.
2: Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, right he here. He's he's, he's <laughs> taking notes to send to us. Yeah.
0: Okay. There you go. What you do is for thirty days. You do the same three things. First, every day, you say nothing negative about that person.
2: Oh, I've lost already. Okay, <laughs> I can't. Did you say nothing about that person or to that person? Well, or is that it's, second, it's even row?
0: it's even better. It's nothing oh, about them man. either to them or about them to somebody else.
3: What about to yourself?
0: You can do that, but you will find something okay. changing in your head as you do.
3: Like, I may not tell Charles mm. he's being super that selfish I'm on today. His yeah. Yeah. But he's saying but it you. To think your, it. But my <laughs> internal monologue, mm-hmm. be careful because what.
2: And, and, and he doesn't have yourself going to tell me. come I've out. I've spent so much time with Adam. He doesn't have to tell me. I can tell when he's
0: thinking it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, in answer to that question, uh, instead of coming back to it okay. later, let me answer that question right now. <laughs> you will actually find that what you focus on is what you will see. And what you see will end up being what you will say. There's a neuroscientific principle, like the neuroscientists have actually, you know, kind of demonstrated this in brain scans and all this kind of of stuff. But what you focus on is what you will see. And what you see will become what you will say. And so when you say, can I tell this to myself? Sure. But you will actually find as you're doing the 30 Day Kindness Challenge, your focus is going to change. And if it doesn't, if you keep like focusing on the things that are driving you crazy about Charles, (laughs) hypothetically, (laughs) you will find that if you allow your focus to change, that is what is actually going to be one of the key principles, the key pivot points. In this whole thing. So keep an eye on your self talk, right? Like keep an eye on what you're saying to yourself, because one of the things that's going to happen in the 30 day kind of challenge is that that actually should change, you may take a few days, but it probably will. Okay, so that's the first thing, not say anything negative about that person, either to them or about them. And by the way, let's just mention let's just say I'm talking about our 16-year-old daughter, okay, who I did the 30 day kind of challenge for. I can be polite to her. Like, I can avoid, like, getting annoyed and saying, blah, blah, getting exasperated, whatever it is. But if I go behind the scenes to Jeff, my husband, and I'm like, you would not believe what she did. I don't realize it, but I am sabotaging how I feel about her. And by the way, I am training myself to be an unkind person. And I don't think about it that way, but that's actually what I'm doing. So that's step number one, every day for 30 days. Number two, every day for 30 days, you find one thing you can praise, one thing you can affirm sincerely about that person, and you tell them and you tell somebody else so i can't complain to my husband about something that our daughter did that drove me nuts but i'm looking for things that i can praise right and so i notice again what you focus on is what you'll see so i notice oh wow her younger brother was trying to really provoke her and it was being really obnoxious and she wouldn't let herself be provoked and she responded kindly instead I might not even have noticed that before, much less said anything, but I'm looking for the things to praise. And so I go to her and say, honey, thank you so much. I saw what you did with your brother, right? He was trying to provoke you, and I really appreciate how kind you were to him. And then I go behind the scenes again, because to her and to somebody else, I go behind the scenes to Jeff and I say, you know what I saw her doing? Here's what happened. And she handled it so well. And what you're doing, is truly it is that what you focus on is what you will see principle and you will actually see that it starts accelerating. It becomes easier to see those good things that you may just not have noticed in your annoyance with that person before. So those are the first two things. And then the third thing you do every day for 30 days is you do just some simple action of kindness or generosity for them. We think of acts of kindness today as everyone's heard of like the random acts of kindness movements, right? And so you think of it as you bring a person coffee or you pay for the people in the, you know, fast food line behind you in the beat up old car, you pay for their food or whatever. Those are acts of service. That's great. Those are kind. But you have to think broader because acts of kindness or generosity can be anything. That puts the other person first for a moment. So, for our daughter, for example, I would be working in my home office on a deadline, and she would come running in, "Hey, mom, look at this little TikTok video with me, right?" And I would be like, "In an hour, honey." An act of generosity is taking my attention off of what I'm doing. Then, while she's excited about it, not an hour later, and kind of entering into the excitement. It's just five minutes,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but It tells her you're important. Yeah. And it tells yourself this other person is important. When I tell this to groups of social scientists, you hear shock in the room. But what we found empirically when we did this study, and again, this was a long, complicated, well-designed study. We found that 89% of relationships improved. You do not see numbers like that in social science. I presented this research to a group of researchers. And when I said the 89% number, the whole room went, because you just don't see those numbers. But if you think about it, it makes perfect sense that 89%, that's such a high number would improve because ultimately what you're doing, you're not just kind of changing the temperature of the relationship, although you certainly are. What you're mostly doing is changing you.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Changing
0: yourself. And so it makes perfect sense that 89% of the relationships would change. That one little simple thing that I just shared, you know, it's simplistic. It sounds almost too good to be true. But I'm going to tell you, try this. And you will see your eyes opening in those first few days oh my gosh, you will see the need for your own need to work on this everywhere.
1: Quick question. Um, if you are doing it for selfish reasons, let me just say, you go into this and go, hey, I'm going to do this because I really want such and such out of it. Does that negate the positivity of it?
0: Give me an example.
1: With your friend or something and you're like, man, they've been treating me so bad and really I would, I would like... To spend more time with them or i want them to do this for me or i want you know sometimes we go into it in a narcissistic way where it comes across real nice but underneath to ourselves we're kind of doing it in the wrong way
0: well here's the thing i suppose you could sabotage yourself by you know that attitude if you kept it yeah. going mm-hmm. but it's kind of what adam was talking about earlier are you allowed to say these negative things to yourself Here's what you'll find in the vast majority of cases. And now remember, this was 89%. This was not 100%, unfortunately, okay? But in the vast majority of cases, what ends up happening is your feelings are going to follow your actions. And so you are doing this for selfish reasons because this colleague at work drives you nuts and you are not getting your work done and your team is angry and everybody's up in arms. And so initially, Mm. you're doing it just purely for technical reasons. But as you do these things, as you look for things to praise, as you stop yourself from complaining about your colleague behind their back, your feelings are going to follow your actions if you allow that to happen, right? If you do it sincerely. And if you allow your feelings to follow your actions, you'll suddenly end up in most cases go, oh, wow, you know what? They're really good. That spreadsheet was amazing. In the meeting with the working group, hey, hey, Bill, could you tell them about the analysis that you did? Because that was really good. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually appreciating this difficult colleague of mine. Mm -hmm. Like sincerely appreciating, even if it started with selfish motives, because your feelings are going to follow your actions.
2: I think maybe what you're Getting that too, Brandon, is that you you could start down this road with a selfish desire of basically you're trying to improve yourself. Make your own life better. But the other risk you take in doing these random acts of kindness or whatever is that the person who is suspicious of you will look at it as, oh, this is just them trying to appease or... Please me, even though I know they really don't like me, type of thing. Yeah, right, right. Well,
0: that's
1: why. They're just trying to get them out of me for their own gain. Right.
0: Well, that is why you do not tell them that you are doing the 30 day kindness challenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Yeah, you wouldn't actually send an email and say, hey, I'm on a 30 day (laughs) challenge and you're my project. But I think what over the course of 30 days, what can happen is is that your motivation shifts.
1: Mm. And
2: I think people can see that when it's a genuine act of kindness
3: what does it look like in a relationship that has tension it can be a coworker. i think this m- might would apply more to people in relationships with each other if mm-hmm. there's already a little bit of tension in the air and you decide you're going to do this and start doing this there's going to be an apprehensiveness on the part of the other party like you said you're just being nice because mm-hmm. You're just being kind. Yeah. Where, where does this come from? Yeah, like, Especially just, a
2: relationship that's been going on for years.
3: There's days. a skepticism there.
2: How long in the
3: research and, and what you guys have done does it take to kind of, to use your word, melt that?
0: So it usually takes about two weeks before it feels like, oh, this is just the way things work. And I will tell you, you know how you asked Charles, is there a reason for the 30 days? Mm-hmm there's a pattern that we saw play out over and over again. This again, this is not a hundred percent. This is not the way it's always going to work. This was just the standard way that it tended to work on average is that the first couple of days, as you're not allowed to say anything negative, say anything unkind, whatever you, you realize, Oh my gosh, I thought I was so kind. And yet every day, Ah, I'll give you my my personal example. This is very embarrassing, but I'll tell you anyway.
2: <laughs> oh, we can't um, wait! can't wait.
0: <laughs> so I thought of myself as being this very positive, kind person, right? Like I might have to work on number two and three about finding things to praise and doing an act of generosity. But I'm not negative. Well, <laughs> once I actually broke it down, and we identified that there are seven overall patterns of negativity and unkindness. Every single person has at least one of them. Some of us have more than one. Okay. And I realized, oh my gosh, I am unkind every single day with my kids, for example, because one of my particular pattern of negativity is exasperation. And I get exasperated with my kids all the time. And I would be like, you know, our daughter, we would work with her on a science project or whatever, and then she'd forget to turn it in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay to be frustrated about something like that.
0: Of course it is. But for those 30 days, when Mm. I wasn't allowed to express that exasperation, I realized, oh my gosh, how often I do this. When I'm like, you know, we worked on this and I can't believe, and my voice is rising, right? I don't realize Mm. that what I'm saying to her is, you're an idiot. Now, would I ever say those words to my sweet child? Of course not. But that is what I am saying, in essence, with that exasperated tone, and that demeanor. And so the first thing that you will do in these first couple of days is that you will see this everywhere. And you're going to be going, Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, as you see your whatever your pattern of negativity, and we can talk about some of the patterns if you want at some point. But your pattern of negativity, you'll see it play out, right everywhere. So the first few days, it's just that eye opening stuff. And then the first two weeks, what ends up happening is now that your eyes are opened. Now you're like, whoa, like, how do I change this? And you're practicing and you're thinking about it and you're having to be really purposeful about it. So you're not perfect, right? You're gonna still mess up, um, but you're trying. And then the second two weeks, the last two weeks, it starts to become a habit and you're not thinking about it as much and it becomes more fluid and you're actually doing a lot of this automatically. And a lot of people honestly they don't notice when the 30th day has passed. Oh, wait, am I still doing that? Because it's become a habit. And there's a lot of science behind different patterns for how long it takes for a habit to form. But 30 days is one of the mm-hmm. time frames that has been commonly understood and studied many times. There's mm-hmm. others, but that's a common one. And so in answer to long answer to your question about how long until that person starts to show some signs of receiving it well, depending on the intensity of the problems before, it can be Mm -hmm. anywhere from really three or four days to two weeks was about the average. And then sometimes people had to keep going past the 30 days Mm -hmm. in order to really instill a better relationship.
1: You talked about the patterns of negativity and you said one of them was exasperation. Can you just hit a couple more, so people can maybe identify something in their own life, and if they're open to that, that
3: they can. Yeah, I absolutely. think just give us a quick rundown. Cause, yeah, because there may be one. You said there's seven. There may be one that someone and, goes, oh, so, that's and, me. and you
1: said everyone has one. So even even Adam, who's quite
3: positive, not really. Is, I don't think he's positive I'm at all. Trying I'm trying. to am
1: just
2: me. kidding. I was doing <laughs> that, that. Was so eight. negative was of Jordan. me to say. You're right. Oh, oh, See, was, you're do. You started your challenge uh, just right, right now. In a minute okay. on Adam. Oh. See, we didn't see that. We didn't see didn't it. It's going to take us two weeks. Him. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you so
1: go. Go back to your, your question again, Brandon. So yeah, patterns of negativity. One patterns? is exasperation.
0: Okay. okay, I'll tell you the next largest one because actually exasperation was one of the big ones. It was very common. One of the next big ones is sarcasm.
2: Ooh.
0: <laughs> And you guys are Adam, like, that's, oh, dear.
2: <laughs> that, that's Adam. Right we all look at Adam. And can we point at each other? Is that not good? It's, it's not it's part It's totally of the loud day.
0: before you start the 30th. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: before you start. the <laughs> Sorry, Ken, I'm starting to sweat.
0: I literally, this cracked me up so much. One of the things that I do pretty commonly, because I speak on these things, you know, at marriage events and women's conferences <laughs> and whatever. And one of the common formats is actually where a pastor will bring me in and interview me on stage as the sermon time during worship services. Ah, And the (laughs) 30-day kindness challenge is really common for a lot of churches have done this. Hundreds and hundreds, thousands, actually, of churches have done this. And so I've done, I don't even know, a hundred of these pastoral interviews on on Sunday morning or whatever. And I did this (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. And he said, the same thing you guys did. Take us through some of the patterns. And I, when I got to sarcasm, this pastor's eyes got really big. And he's like, but sarcasm is my spiritual gift.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, that's it. well, and it, it's it so commonly used, but I really think sarcasm is dangerous.
0: Mm. Well, here's what we found. There is actually a really important distinction that you can use to decide whether it's healthy or not, what we found is that if everybody listening to you and your sarcasm, everybody, not just the person you're being sarcastic towards, but everybody else listening, if they know that there is 100% unconditional love and goodwill and appreciation, then it's just funny, right? Everybody loves a joke. We all appreciate that. And it's just funny. However, one of the things we found Is that itself, if sarcasm is applied too much, it starts to actually break down that sense of goodwill. Like the person is laughing along, but on the inside, they start to go, (laughs) did he mean that? Did Mm -hmm. she mean that? Like there's a little bit of truth behind every joke. Is that how they Mm -hmm. feel about me? And what it starts to do, that person starts to build a wall and it creates a bit of a lack of trust. And so when you do the 30-day kindness challenge if sarcasm is your thing and you realize, "oof, I can't be sarcastic towards this person for 30 days and you start practicing that, you'll realize really quickly whether this was, you know, healthy or unhealthy because if you start catching yourself constantly, it probably had gotten to a point where it had mm-hmm. created a bit of a question in the other person's mind about how you actually feel about them.
1: What about the rest of them? Can you go down the list?
0: Sure, absolutely. So one of the other patterns of negativity is catastrophizing. I didn't even what know what this is word that? meant before this. I didn't know bucket. it was a word.
2: I bet I know. Sounds it. like yeah. one of the words you make sounds up. Sounds like Adam. a word that I would make up. Catastrophizing.
0: Yeah, catastrophizing is basically. And and by the way, these are seven big buckets. We could have divided it into 20 patterns of negativity, right? Like, but they all kind of fit into these seven patterns. And so catastrophizing is the feeling that if such and such happens, it's going to be a catastrophe. If my daughter keeps dating this boy, it's going to be a catastrophe. If this person gets elected, it's going to be a catastrophe. Or this person doesn't get elected. It's going to be a catastrophe. Here's the problem. We actually may be correct (laughs) about our feeling that something could be a big deal. Now, often we're not. We're blowing it up out of proportion in our mind, and we're turning a possibility into a certainty. That's a big part of catastrophizing. But the bigger thing that we don't realize is because it's such a catastrophe in our heads, it gives us permission to be remarkably unkind to Mm. confront the potential catastrophe. This is the reason Mm. why people say things on social media about politics, for example, that they would never have said before because in their mind, it's like, Oh, well it's worth it because of the catastrophe. If you want any more information on this, it's not just in the book, the kindness challenge. That's actually where we outline a lot of these things in more detail. We had a ministry partner step forward and create a free portal, a free tool that anybody can use and take assessments and like figure out where they're starting. You go to jointhekindnesschallenge.com. So jointhekindnesschallenge.com. And you can literally, like you can get all this kind of information that we're talking about here because it's for free because this ministry sponsor created this for us. And you can sign up for like 30 days of reminder emails too. So, you know, a little bit of daily coaching, like, what do you do if you want to kill your husband instead, (laughs) Mm -hmm. instead of doing the 30 day kind of challenge and do the assessments, figure out where you're starting. It's really eye opening. There's even like small group materials for churches, for example, and book clubs. You ask for one more of the patterns of negativity. Another one is suspicion.
2: And it is, which is built off of lack of trust.
0: Yes. It is very easy to get into the habit of, oh, my colleague only said that because they're angling for that amount of money to go to their budget, not mine. It's like you automatically believe the worst of Mm. somebody else's behavior. And this is understandable in some relationships that have gotten really difficult. And yet most of the time, those suspicions are truly not warranted for example common in marriage and this is a whole nother topic a whole nother book that we don't have time to get into right now but really common in marriage for somebody to have a hard time believing that their spouse actually cares about them or actually appreciates them and what we found is statistically almost everybody does everybody cares for their spouse absent like abusive marriages and these like very very rare statistically situations and yet, if you want a happy marriage, you have to let yourself believe that your spouse loves you. Mm. And that's the problem, is that it is easy in difficult relationships to believe the worst, not the best. And so that's another example of negativity, which by the way, Adam, that is a perfect example of self-talk, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about, am I allowed to think these things? Sure, but that's suspicion is an example of one where you may have to actually work on that one.
2: Since 1968, Shepherd's Family Auto has upheld three ideals honesty, integrity, and treating people like family. No matter where you're listening from, Shepherd's can get you the vehicle you're looking for while maintaining their high standard of customer service and a great deal on your next vehicle. So go to Shepherd'sFamilyAuto.com to start your search for your new or your pre owned vehicle. Shepherd's GMC is located in Kendallville, Indiana, but again, they can get you a car anywhere you want. Just curious, because I think this would be a great topic for next time you're on, Shanti, excuse me, Dr. hunt Have you done a lot of research on that topic right there, self-talk and negative yeah. mindsets and what it does to your health and everything else?
0: The next research project, we are hoping and praying if we get the funding to do the research, what we're planning is to actually do the whole research project on that kind of there's lots of different words for it. Negative rumination. Don't you love how academics come up with these crazy words? Mm, room, um, rumination. But yes. Mm. Self, negative self-talk and negative beliefs. And they're often untrue. And they cause mm-hmm. so much hurt and pain that doesn't need to be yeah. there. So the whole research project is, if we can get the funding, it's going to be on mental health.
2: Well, I would think it has a, a lot of correlation, too, with the mental health issues that are going on right now. Oh, too.
0: Of, Absolutely.
2: So. I'd be fascinated to see your research on that. I really would. And this right here, I mean, the, the kindness challenge is awesome. So you can go to jointhekindnesschallenge.com for some free resources. You can purchase the book, The Kindness Challenge by Dr. Shanti Feldhahn, and start down this road of yeah. the three big pillars, which again, Adam, are
3: the three things you do, because I have a page full of notes here, nothing negative about that person. And we can for say- For 30 days. Yep. Yeah, Try to limit it even in your head. Second thing is find one thing you can praise and you tell them and you tell someone else. Mm. And the third thing is do a simple act of kindness or generosity. And Mm. by your definition, that's anything that puts the other person first. So it doesn't have to be, I'm gonna give you a coffee. It doesn't have to be that. It could be. But it doesn't have to
0: be. It could, be, just, it could,
3: be, it it could be. Yeah, But yeah. it could be
1: and, answering the and, phone when they call. And, ooh. And yeah, instead of learning to a to voicemail all the time. So
2: here's what I'm volunteering I'm volunteering to be your project for both of you. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so <laughs> selfless of you. It's just that's kind <laughs> how, of humble guy I am. I how want kind to of be. You. Yes. <laughs>
1: I, I got to stop the negative thoughts in my head right now.
3: <laughs>
2: hey, uh, seriously, Dr. Feldon, you're awesome. Thank you for all this wonderful advice we're going to start working on. And I think Jesus uh, said something similar in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, do unto others as you would have them do unto and I you. Was,
1: I was thinking of Ephesians and be kind one, to, one another. to
2: another. And also the second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh. So much uh that correlates to scripture when you're talking to Dr. Feldhahn and all her great research. So what I love is that these are biblical principles that you're discovering in a scientific way, and it's a great, wonderful thing.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate the chance to to share it. Hope it's helpful. It's
2: Very fantastic. helpful. Thank you. Will you come on again with
0: us? Absolutely. Of course. We you guys you. have become We're... my like next research project, right? So yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, okay, <laughs> it's a lot to uncover
3: there. I don't, I don't want to you to realize what you're getting in for. Yeah, I think that whole team. She just
2: catastrophized us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>